Welcome to Savage and Average. I am your host, Matt McChesney. Uh, that is my co-host, Travis Jones, and the uh, the producer of this incredible podcast. I mean, I don't know any other way to say it. Um, we are coming to you from uh, Triple Creek Ranch up here in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, my parents, an amazing horse facility up here in uh, Boulder County. We're up here for the evening, uh, hanging out with the fam on fall break with the boys. Uh, and we've got a great show for you here tonight. Uh, coach Mike Sanford, the head coach of your Colorado Buffaloes, will be joining us here uh, in about 30 minutes to talk about a huge win for CU against Cal over the weekend and so much more moving forward into a brand new season for CU as they are now 1-0 under intern coach Mike Sanford uh, and so much more. But uh, like always, uh, our show is brought to you by our great sponsors, uh, and one of them is Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. And they're going to be uh, opening the show for us today and our title sponsor. So big thanks to Colorado Center for Functional Medicine and all that they do. Matt McChesney here. And any of you that are looking to improve performance and get your health in check, reach out to our friends at the Colorado Center for Functional Medicine. Their men's health optimization plan is designed specifically for males that can identify specific health priorities, which many doctors fail to address. They use precision blood work, which looks at your hormones levels, your micronutrient levels, your insulin, and many other markers, which are often overlooked. This plan can also include an advanced body composition analysis to see where your body fat, your muscle mass, your visceral fat levels are at any order to establish individual nutrition plans for every single client. Stop relying on fad diets, crazy workout programs, and bro science. Health and fitness are not the same thing. If you want true results, they can help you at CCFM. Mention the podcast Savage and Average to receive a 10% a 10% discount on every single optimization plan as well as a free body composition analysis and nutrition consultation. Their website is www.ccfuncmed.com. That's www.ccfuncmed.com or call them at 303-500-3038. All right, so Travis, let's get straight into this. Thank you to CCFM for all that they do. Their protein is an incredible product that we sell at 60 Football Academy down here in Parker. Uh, so make sure you get down and check it out. Uh, we'll go straight into the Denver Broncos and that monstrosity on Monday Night Football. Um, I mean, look, Mr. Jones, bro, <laughs> that was an absolute disaster of a football game last night. And personally, I think that the Broncos are headed down the uh, the toilet bowl to hell right now if they don't figure this out. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think what's happened is there's so much distrust with with the fan base, uh, um, you know, with with the head coach, and you know, and I, I say this with the uh, uh, Chris Farley air quotes, um, <laughs> you know, uh, leadership that's going on there, you know. Um, you know, he, he Hackett was going to get dinged on that, you know, whether he went for it or whether he punted it. And, you know, that's the that's the bed that's been made, unfortunately, and that, that he's going to lie in um, with that because of the, you know, just just the, the questionable calls and not doing what you should be doing in those scenarios. And, um, and look, Russell Wilson has been an, un, an unlimited disappointment and Mr. Unlimited, his alter ego. Um, look he's setting himself up for this shit and you know i was on 92.5 altitude today and actually got a phone call this afternoon i didn't even get to tell you yet travis breaking some news here on savage and average uh but i'm going to be on altitude now uh every day from 10 to noon uh for the rest of the football season and then moving into moving into the offseason we'll see how it goes but pretty excited about it uh, and just got the phone call this afternoon. So that was pretty awesome. A lot of hard work has paid off in that regard. So Chris Dempsey and I will be doing a show, uh, on altitude 10 to noon. Uh, but that, that said, I was on today and I was talking to Dover and Hastings and Dempsey about this. And I mean, look, the nuggets kick off or the nuggets tip off tomorrow night. The ads have already dropped the puck on defending the Stanley cup title and people are ready to move on from the Broncos already. And I'm, I'm dumbfounded by this. I mean, six weeks ago, if you would have told me that they'd be sitting at two and four, have the worst offense in, in pro football, 
inept at the quarterback position after spending $250 million. Let me reiterate, $250 million to, to solidify that position. Dover went over the dead cap hits, okay? So I, I presented this question. At what point do you draft a quarterback with the top pick that you have, whether it's a second round or third round or whatever's left after the, the Wilson trade next year or the year after, and say to Russell, we can't play like this. You can sit on the roster and collect. Look, Listen to this. If he were to be cut, his dead cap is $100 million next year. $100 million. So that means that essentially, if you look at the way that they structure the contract, we are stuck with Mr. Unlimited until 2027. And even in 2027, it's a $55 million cap hit to cut him. So I think that, at the beginning of this whole process, I underestimated the corniness of this dude and just how fast it would rub his teammates and how fast it would rub me wrong and you and so many other people. Um, I look, man, I think that he's really at a point here where he's about to lose his team. And I, and, and I think Hackett's already lost the team. I think the, the players know that he's not the future. They can see the writing on the wall. He will not be the coach next year, especially if this shit continues. They had 156 yards of penalties last night against the Chargers. That's the most since 1968 or some shit. When Gerald fucking Ford was in office. Gerald I was just going to say, bro. I was I just going to say, shit. Gerald Ford. Like Gerald, most of the great Michigan Wolverine. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I think that the Broncos have put themselves in this position where, I mean, look at it like this. Their defense is super elite. Like, they they can rush yeah. the shit out of the passer. This Browning kid looks like a reincarnation of, of Von Miller. I mean, I, they are elite in the secondary. They got dudes everywhere. That Singleton cat, the, the Philadelphia linebacker they picked up last year, 23 tackles last night. And they are squandering it with a $250 million price tag to go with it. Yeah. On top of that, Melvin Gordon has become ultimate turd. And now he's demanding a trade and he wants in or he wants out. He doesn't know what he wants. And he's become like the guy that all the young guys are gravitating to on the sideline and complaining and talking to. And that is not the guy we want information funneling through. He is an absolute waste. So, I, I mean, I, I don't know where the Broncos go from here, but I know this. My boys are coming in this week. Okay. <laughs> My Jets are coming in to, to Mile High this week, and they are not fucking around. They are 4-2, and two and they are really good on defense, and they are flying around. They are bought into Coach Sala's message. And I would not be surprised at all if the Denver Broncos are in for a real test on Sunday. Yeah, you know, it just – it has some flavor of a, of a, of a underlying tones with, the, you know, the new, the new ownership. Uh, really, their, their, their move was, was Russell. Um, everything before that was, you know, prior ownership and with Peyton and whatnot. And so, you know, I, I, there's some undertones that are going on here that I think are going to play out here as the season progresses, even into the off season, you and I were kind of talking about that, but there's a, there's a storyline that's happening um, that has uh, Sean Payton attached to it. And Russell Wilson, uh, uh, I, I would go for that in a fucking heartbeat, Sean Payton yeah. coming in to coach Denver Broncos and roll with Russell Wilson. Russell wants to be Drew Brees, Drew Brees 2.0 anyway. So that makes a lot of sense to me. And honestly, if I'm the Waltons right now and I, you know, and I'm sitting up there watching this disaster, it, okay, they got the Jets at home, then they go to England to play Jacksonville. The Jacksonville game's a toss up. They're not very good, but they're playing better than Denver. So if they come home two and six from the Jackson or from the London game and that's their bye week, I think Hackett's out. I think they roll with an intern coach. And they go after Sean Payton and they do anything and everything humanly possible to make that work. And they need to, let's be real. They need to do this because as of right now, the Broncos have put themselves in a position where they went out and got a 12 year veteran quarterback and mixed him with a first year head coach who doesn't really know what he's doing. And it, it should have been red flags at training camp, but everybody in politically correct land is, was like, Oh my God, don't say anything about training camp and they might get hurt and we don't need to practice, which turned out to be a massive fucking mistake. All right. So moving off the Broncos, 
Uh, we can sit here and complain about them all we want, but we'll be doing that the whole damn show. Um, thank you to Colorado Center for Functional Medicine for bringing you our Bronco Talk today. Uh, the rest of the NFL uh, is going to be brought to you by our good friends at Rico's Burritos. Make sure you check them out. Rico's Burritos is uh, a great sponsor here for Savage and Average. Thank you for all that they do. This is Matt McChesney from Savage and Average, the owner and operator down here at Six Zero Football Academy. And I want to talk to you about our friends over at Rico's Burritos. Uh, the Rico burritos keep me rolling on a daily basis. My sons eat them constantly. My 12-year-old my over here is staring at me right now as he scarfs down uh, another one of these badass burritos from Rico's Burritos. It's a hearty 10-ounce breakfast burrito offered in eight different flavors, three delicious uh, breakfast combinations, five scrumptious lumps, lunch options, and the, the pride that has taken in offering a high-end restaurant-quality burrito uh, is second to none. The finest ingredients you can find, authentic re recipes that have been in the Garcia family for 30 years. Uh, young Cruz is in the program over here working his ass off on a daily basis. Uh, Rick Garcia, his father, played at Oregon State back in the day. and they, they put the same passion and intensity that they have in every walk of life, and their training and chasing everything down that they want into their family business, Rico's Burritos. Uh, for over 30 years, the ingredients and flavors uh, have been identified as the best in the business. And the moment you bite into one of these unbelievably delicious burritos, you will know. Uh, check it out. The website is www.ricosburritos.com. That's www.ricosburritos.com. And it will give you all the locations, how to purchase the burritos, so on and so forth on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook is at Rico's Burritos and Instagram is Real Rico's Burritos. That is Rico's Burritos, a proud sponsor of Savage and Average over here at Six Zero Football Academy, and we are rolling. All right, so let's start off with the Jets. Jets go to Green Bay and get a massive win on the road. Uh, they were eight point dogs. Ended up winning 27 to 10, had a block punt scoop score, multiple sacks, hella pressure on, on uh, Rodgers all day. Uh, Sauce Gardner was running the routes of some of these guys on the side on, uh, on, on Green Bay's team. I think the, the Jets have put themselves in position here to be a team that is has to be reckoned with in the East. We'll see if Buffalo, Buffalo is obviously the class of that, of that division. They went to Kansas City and got a big 24 to 20 win. Josh Allen and taking them down at the end of the game to win. I can't wait until I see my first Jet Buffalo game. Uh, the Jets come to Denver this week. I'm very interested to see how the Broncos are going to block Quinn and Williams. Um, Quinn and Williams, when he was drafted, everybody thought he was going to he was a bust a little bit, but he was just immature. He was drafted at 20 years old. Now he's 23 and he is crushing people and fully developed into his frame. Definitely warranting that that option and, and a re-up. He needs to get they need to sign him immediately. He's the core of that defense moving forward. You've got an elite player at every level now in New York. You've got an elite player in Sauce Gardner, you've got an elite player in CJ Mosley, and you've got an elite player in Quentin Williams. And that's how you have elite defenses. Uh so I think the Jets beat the Broncos this upcoming week uh in, in Denver. And I I'm not saying it's handily because I think the Broncos defense is real. But I do think the Jets will make enough plays to win uh, that game on the road. Although this is back break time for the Broncos. They dropped this one and the season is uh, kaput, as they say. Uh, next game here in the NFL topic, the Eagles. All right. The Eagles mop the Cowboys. Not really. I mean, they only beat them 26 to 17, although they were up 20 to nothing at one point in the game. Hey, Travis, are the Eagles real or have they just benefited off of a, a schedule that has been, you know, not great, but not terrible? You know, they're playing the Cowboys with, with a, a half-loaded gun with no Dak Prescott. How do you feel about Philly? I, I think Philly's good coming out of the, the NFC. You know, we talked about um, at the beginning of the season, really the, 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 the head runner for the Super Bowl, the favorite for the Super Bowl is going to come out of the AFC. Uh, leaning towards that AFC West based on the quarterback situation that was there, but that really hasn't panned out. But I, I really like how Philly has been this year. Um, and I think they are the real deal. And I think, uh, you know, we've got two weeks before the deadline and they've got an extra first round pick for next year's draft. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to pull a trigger on someone and make some moves. That's really going to put them and solidify them as the favorite 
uh, going into the, you know, the latter half, the second half of the season. I'm I'm like watching the Eagles and I'm sitting there going, what else could they add? They Dallas Goddard's a great tight end. They're loaded at the receiver position. They have multiple backs. Jalen Hurts is perfect for the system they're running. Uh, defensively, they got dudes everywhere. Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham is is another Michigan Wolverine that has lit the fountain of youth. Uh, they're elite in the secondary, and I agree with you. They have multiple first round picks that they could trade or they could keep. And Nick Sirianni, I what I loved so much about Sunday night's game, the game was eh, but after at the end of the game when they when Nick Sirianni's on the sideline yelling, yeah, go back to Dallas, fuck you. That's what football is, dog. And all look, all the people that just watch it and complain about it because it's so ruthless and violent. That's why people like us fucking love it. Uh, and that's what it was. Philly and Dallas, there's no love loss uh-uh. that they played. They played massively big football games throughout their history against each other. And this was another one. And the the one in Dallas at the end of the year when Dak's healthy might be for the division, although Philly looks like they may be the class of the NFC. Um, another team in the NFC East that is balling at 5-1 and one right now is the Giants. And Brian Dayball has come in and really got Danny Dimes moving in the right direction. He looks like he's the future there in New York after four years of everybody, you know, wanting to lynch him essentially in, in the, in the, the state of New York, uh, the giants, Saquon Barkley is healthy. They are killing it defensively right now. Kayvon Thibodeau looks like a hit there for them out of Oregon, uh, playing with a ton of passion and, and giving it his all every weekend and really looking like a hit there at the number five or six pick. Um, you know, this is another team. They went out and, and re-signed Landon Collins off the street, a guy who made multiple pro bowls for him to solidify their secondary and look, the, the Giants are a perfect example of what good coaching does. So they've been atrocious for years, but good coaching, of course, it, it evens out some of your deficiencies. And Brian Dable has gone through the ringer as a coach to know what he wants to do and what he doesn't. And he's you know got a, a track record of turning a good quarterback in Josh Allen into a great one. And the, the Giant ownership, identified that and said, that's our guy. And when you're looking at a guy like Brian Dable, the Broncos didn't even interview that cat. They just went straight with Hackett. So <laughs> makes you wonder the, the guy who's making decisions up there in that front office six weeks ago, he looked like the magic man. And now he looks like Captain Mud. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, and here's the thing with the giants, man, they're, they're coming out of that NFC East. And honestly, I think the NFC East is, is, is laying out like we thought that the AFC West was going to be. And really, yeah, you've got three teams that are going to, you know, especially with the South looking like, you know, you know, a high school school conference. The the West, the West, I mean, you've got San Francisco there. They're, you know, they're, they're going to give some troubles. The Rams are there. They're going to give some troubles, but honestly, I think, you know, the, the NFC, could come down to really an NFC East showdown for the conference. Now, I wouldn't be surprised if the NFC East is the NFC title game this year. Although if Tampa Bay can figure this out and they're our next, our next discussion here, they're always going to be the car to deal with Tom Brady and the set, the Southern division of the NFC is trash, just like the AFC Southern division. You're probably only going to get one team out of each of those. Tampa Bay seems like they're the favorite out of the South. Um, but Atlanta is three and three and on their heels. And if Brady Jared's roughing the passer call, which was horseshit when they played Tampa, he sacked Tom Brady and got a rough of the passer penalty. And that essentially won Tampa Bay the game, put him in position to kick a field goal without that, that call and ball going back to Atlanta, maybe Atlanta's four and two and sitting there first in the division and, and Tampa Bay's two and four. So the refs have swung some of the advantages here towards Tampa Bay. And they tried to do it again in the Pittsburgh game, but Tampa wasn't having it. The, the players just weren't matching Tom Brady's intensity on the sideline. And there's a lot of people now that are kind of perturbed at, at the GOAT that he's yelling at his teammates and blah, 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 blah. And again, this is another circumstance where I got to say, man, all you softies really need to check yourself here. It's his fucking job to jump everyone's ass. There are a bunch of young guys. Ryan Jensen, his starting center, whose dungeon family is out for the year or, or out for half the year. And he's they're really messing his leadership up front. Tristan Wirfs is only one dude. The other four are really average and not playing well. So he he's on their ass. I would ask this question. 
Would you rather him go and sit down and isolate himself and just look at the iPad and not talk to him? Because that in turn would paint him in a different light. So Tampa Bay, I think, is still a playoff team, but man, they've got some shit they need to figure out down there too. They're too talented to be this bad. Well, and I tell you what, I, I don't want to see Tom Brady what he's got, you know, is back to the corner and he's got to fight for it. Because if there's a quarterback in the NFL right now that you have to be careful for, it's going to be him because he's played, he's the only one that's played in both eras. So and, if, if it, he, you piss him off and he'll tear you up. Exactly. And so he he's going to tear up his he might teammates, coach the I think. Game. And then when he's done tearing up his teammates, he's going to go tear up the rest of the NFL. Um <laughs> I, I would not I would not put it past him that his personal life issues are, are not contributing to this very well oh, either. You, you can't you you can't say that they're not, honestly. I mean if you can't I mean there's no human. way that they're not affecting right. him. If they I mean, weren't affecting him, he would truly be a fucking robot. Right. And he's just not, he's a dude. So and the last game I want to talk about is Kansas City Buffalo. Now look, Kansas City Buffalo, they they were trying, they're trying so hard to try and turn this into Brady versus Manning. They were even talking about it in the broadcast. Look, Allen and Mahomes are special. They are. They're awesome. I love watching them. Josh Allen is John Elway on like on super super steroids. Like that. I'm not saying he's on steroids. I'm saying it's just he's like a superhero built in John Elway's form. Like he's John Elway that runs four five, and and Mahomes is like a mix of all these different great quarterbacks. And he's unstoppable, and the things he does, no one else can do. Now, all that said, you have to play for something in order for it to be great. And they've been playing in the playoffs consistently. Mahomes has a ring. Allen hasn't been to the dance yet. Hopefully he can get there this year, although my Jets are looking pretty good. We'll, we'll see. Um, <laughs> boy, that would be awesome. But I, I will say this. I, I need to see them in AFC title games consistently. I need to see both of them with rings playing in NFC AFC title games consistently for the next 10 years. If you want me to get behind Tom Brady and Peyton Manning type rivalry comparisons, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely have the, uh, the potential to become that, but yet, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. There needs to be some experience in, in the postseason and in the, in the championship levels for, uh, for, for that comparison to happen. All right, so we're going to have Coach Sanford here from the University of Colorado Golden Buffaloes joining us in the next five minutes here. He'll jump on the Zoom call. Uh, so we're going to transfer away from the NFL talk now and go straight into college football. And we'll try and get as much of this covered before uh, the head coach of uh, Colorado comes on and joins us here on Savage and Average. So let's go straight into this. Um, Michigan uh, and your son's team, Connor Jones, great Dungeon family member up there redshirting for Michigan Wolverines this year. Um, one scout team player of the week for for the for Michigan, which is big time. Uh, good job, Connor Jones up there uh, in Ann Arbor, busting his ass and and giving a good look to the vets, and it worked. Uh, they went out and put 500 yards rushing on Penn State and beat them 41 to 17. Uh, Michigan, it, Joel Klatt said this on his show, who, who was an ex teammate of mine, that Michigan is built to beat Ohio State, and they surely are, and they are looking good and. I said to you, they look like they're the kind of team that can win a national title, and they might be better than they were last year, which is fucking scary. So, I mean, you're you're intimately locked into Go Blue. How how big of a win was that against Penn State? You know, I think it was a huge win just because of you know the narrative that was going on there, the the week schedule. Now they're they're sitting with the something like the thirtieth ranked strength of schedule in the nation. Um, you know, they beat the number 10 team ranked team coming into that weekend. Also happened to be the fifth, uh, best rushing defense. And they put up 400 and I think it was 418, uh, you know, hundred and close to 180 from Donovan, Donovan Edwards, 163, I believe 170 from, uh, Blake Corum, uh, who I mean, is Edwards might be better than Corum. And that's scary. Well, they they're two different types of running backs, though. I mean, Blake is your your he's your running back that you're going to throw between the tackles, even though he may not look like it. He's got the strength to go through between the tackles. So does Donovan. But Donovan brings another layer that you can use him in the passing game, and we saw that in the Big Ten championship. We've seen hits of it this season here. That kid's special, um, and you know, and Blake Corum, he's in the Heisman chat, and he needs to be. He should be. He deserves to be. Um, in there he just picked up the midseason uh, uh, first team all-american 
um, nod there along with a couple of guys. Uh, no, he, he's line. getting invited. He's getting invited, bro. Yeah. Like, he's going. He's I mean, going to New York for the Heisman. The numbers, uh, the numbers in, that are, you know, that are, that he's put up are compared, they're comparing them, you know, to, 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 to uh, Henry and, and Ingram, you know, the, the, the past running backs that's the most backs. recent. And look, if they so. can continue this, then they put themselves in position to have another undefeated against undefeated Thanksgiving day game or day after Thanksgiving game against Ohio state for all the fucking marbles. And that's what they play for in Ann Arbor. And, and we will see this year is at the shoe and Ohio state is not going to take that ass beating they took last year uh, kindly. And, and we'll see how it goes. Yep. Uh, okay. So Tennessee beats Alabama uh, in Rocky top and it, the entire t- state of Tennessee loses their damn mind. Uh, $250,000 fine for ripping the goalpost down and carrying them out of kneeling. And I'm sure that they will pay that every week. Uh, it was a great crowd storming. And, and Tennessee, they, they haven't beat Alabama since 2006. And they laid it on them. Uh, I, I thought it was a massive game for the weekend. You know, anytime anybody can challenge one of the great programs like Alabama, that's a good thing. Uh, you're, you're looking at potential chaos in college football this year with multiple one-loss teams and only four spots. I hope that they, I wish that they could get the uh, 12-team playoff going this year. But you know, you can wish in one hand and crap in the other one and see which one fills up faster. Um, so Tennessee gets a massive win, uh, and, and they seem to be going down the right path there, down there with Coach Heupel uh, at, at UT uh, after beating their huge rival in Alabama. Okay, so now uh, it is my uh, honor and pleasure to bring on uh, my man and the head coach of the University of Colorado, uh, Mr. Mike Stanford, is joining us here on Savage and Average. Uh, over Zoom, and we'll have them for about 20 minutes to talk about a massive win uh, on Saturday for the Colorado Buffaloes over the Cal Golden Bears uh, in Folsom. Uh, so, Coach Sanford, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing, Chez? Hey, brother. How are you? Man, it's good to see you, dog. Hey, good um, to see you too, man. Hey, hey the, beard, the beard's looking good, man. You must have put some time into that one. So, I was saying, you're, you've got a little bit of point going in yours right there. You got some beard. You got some got some stuff you're putting in yours not, these days. Not quite as good as yours, man. I got some time. I guess I got to keep growing this bad boy. I don't man. know. They're, they're skill players with beards, you know, it's anybody that looks like Danny Fouts I'm with. So yeah, Edelman. Edelman had a strong one too, you know. Strong beard. That was strong. a strong skill player beard. Skill Very player beard. beards are tricky. Because if you get, a, magic. get a real strong skill player beard, you know that guy's bad. How, how about how about how about your boy Fitz Magic, man? He had a pretty good one too, didn't he? Fitz Magic, I was a rookie with Ryan in in uh, St. Louis, and he showed up like first day clean shaven. Yeah. But at the end of training camp, this dude's beard looked like Gandalf, and I was like, "How do you do this?" <laughs> awesome. All right, so Coach Sanford joining us here, the uh, head coach of your Colorado Golden Buffalo, sitting at one and zero under Coach Sanford. I love that after the game when when you said you know we're one and zero and the best part about this is the chance we get to be two and zero. You go, you guys go to Corvallis on Saturday night. It's a team that uh, last year CU beat at home in Folsom, so a lot of guys have a lot of uh, similarity to that, and and we'll be having a lot of good thoughts going to Corvallis, a tough place to win. Um, just just talk about the momentum off of that game Saturday, and just. You know, there's a lot of folks that are like, oh, well, they haven't won a game. Why are they storming the field? You had to be there to feel the emotion <laughs> and just the 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 outpouring of positive emotion onto the field after that yeah. victory. Talk about how special that was on Saturday. I mean, it was it was insane. Um, you know, it's it's my wife said she's been in this deal with me for 18 years and really five before that as, as a player at Boise State. But she said that was that was like the most one of the most incredible games she's been a part of, you know, that we're talking, you know, three Fiesta Bowls and two Rose Bowls and two Pac-12 championships. And I know it sounds crazy, right? Like everybody's saying it, you know, you're on five, but I think it's just more um, just seeing um, Folsom like literally come together uh, in, in, in a time of adversity, you know, and I know that sounds, you know, maybe hokey, but like you, you could just sense it. You could feel it. Um, there was a belief. Um, there was, there's, as I know, there's so much tradition here. Um, and like, I believe in this place and, and I believe that this is a special place. Um, I've had a chance to get around campus a little bit, talk to some different, different groups in the Greek life world and sitting at on five and, and, and that happening doesn't happen anywhere else. Um, it doesn't, you know, when you're, when you're sitting in that, in that spot, you know, I, I've been at Notre Dame, I've been at, um, you know, at Stanford and, and if you're, if you're, you know, sub 500, you know, it's, it's crickets at some games that I've been to. 
That thing was electric. Um, and and it know, wasn't just electric, brother. It was it was packed to the brim. And it no was doubt. like vibrating. And it yeah. was, it, I, I'm just looking at it like if the support is there like that at this point, when, when the team had been struggling and it took that much of a spark and you saw the entire fan base rise up and, and come to the game, but then as the game went on and everybody knew we had a chance to win and they were playing so well, yep. I mean, just sitting in the stands and listening to all the conversations of people coming up, talking to me about it, it was, hey, you know, they've really got to turn it around. It only took two weeks. They look like a good football team. All we wanted to do is compete and have fun. And that that is something I saw you bring from day one. When, when I went up there at practice on that Tuesday – Man, it reminded me of when I was there. It was fast paced and it was fun, and guys were flying around. It was competitive, and the head coach is the one spearheading that. Talk about the importance of being the the tip of the spear there from a, an energy standpoint, because it, as a young head coach here in in college football with these young guys, you know that they they feed off of that shit one hundred percent. Yeah, no, you're right, man. And and you know the thing that that I've learned from from just different styles of leadership is you got to be you, man. You know and like I, like I respect that a lot about you. Like when I we gave you the opportunity to speak to the crew, you know, I I said, man, it, this is a guy that made his 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 livelihood from as a small child to even currently in the trenches, um, you know, and that's that's who you are, right? And that's that's your special gift um, to the to this great game of football is is your love for the physicality um, of football. And and for me, you know, strangely as a quarterback, all my best friends, you know, in college. Uh, we're O-linemen, D-linemen, you know, especially the O-line crew. Um, and then really, you know, going well, on go, going on to being, you know, a coach, like I've always been closest with the O-line coach. Like that's my that, – that's always my my dog. And I'll tell you, like the couple of years where I wasn't close with an O-line coach, literally the most um, – kind of the most brutal years of my coaching. You know, I, I've had a couple where I didn't – you know, like I didn't, I just didn't hit it off with that guy. And, if, if your quarterback guy and your line guy have that kind of relationship, man, I think that's a huge piece of the puzzle. But, you know, I think, you know, what, what you did at that practice, uh, the first really the first true game week practice that we had, um, you know, Tuesday before Cal, um, I wanted to, you know, I brought you in as a special guest to talk about the importance of the nine on seven inside run drill. I like calling it inside fun um, because it, that's what Amen. it is. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and they're truly really, really believe that. And you know what's funny is people think I'm insane, but I don't think I've ever been to one on ones because you know, as we know, one on one always coincides with nine on seven or inside yeah. run drill. And uh, I'm always, I'm always like, man, this is this is where a team is made. This is where a team is forged. Um, and making that emphasis, you know, I think you know, coming off the bye week was critically important. So, um, you know, I'm just going to continue to be myself. Um, you know, it's it, it's so interesting. There's just sometimes there's different things that a team needs. Um, you know, and I think this team just needed belief. They needed physicality. Uh, they needed uh, us to, to, to preach violence in the game of football and trenches and on the perimeter. Um, and, and that's that's frankly what I'm all about, man. I'm, I cut my teeth at places where running the football um, won championships. And, and that's that's what we want to continue to do. The head coach of the University of Colorado, uh, Mr. Mike Sanford, joining us here on Savage and Average. Coach, you know, Going into this week, the most important part about winning a game is the ability to go into the next week and win another game. Otherwise, it you know it, it kind of you know damn it we we couldn't sustain that momentum. Now that you've got that win under your belt, I know that guys just the the light in their eyes back. They can't wait to go to practice again. Just based on the conversations I've had with them after the win, I mean they can't wait to get back to work. And, and I know today that they were flying around and having a good practice getting ready for Oregon State. Corvallis is a unique place. That place, yeah, is, that place rocks. They love their football team. It's on top of you. It's going to be a night game. Talk about the challenges of going to Oregon State and getting another big win, which I think CU can't pull off this weekend. No, they're, they're a good ball club, man. They're, they're, really, they're a really good defensive team. I'd say, um, you know, for, for us right now, I think they're the soundest, most physical defense that we've played. Um, you know, Preston's Minnesota, you know, I mean, that Minnesota defense was physical. They're good. Um, and they continue to be a really good defense. But, um, you know, what, what the, the challenge is going to Corvallis or it's interesting, you know, they got half the stadium right now, which is just different. But the challenge going there is the travel, right? Like it's there's no there's no airport right next to Corvallis. You have to fly into Eugene or Portland where we were originally scheduled to go to Portland. So you're looking at 45 minute bus ride from here to DIA. 
you know, two and a half hour flight, you know, assuming that you get up off the air, you know, get up on time. Um, and then another hour and 15 to hour and a half uh, bus ride to Corvallis or, or actually we're staying in Salem, then another 45 minutes into, into um, Corvallis. So it's, there's just, there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of sitting on your butt, man. Um, and so uh, I, I wanted to change some things with regards to how we're, how we're going to move, like physically move our, our players, our coaches. Um, so we're, we're kind of revamping some of our schedule um, to make sure that we get some pool stuff in when we get into the hotel you know, nice. get some get some rolling in. We're gonna do some tor- uh, some tarmac mobility when we land. Um, tarmac you know, mobility, I dig oh it. yeah, yeah. We're gonna have. To, I, I told coaches, players, we're all gonna we're all gonna do tarmac mobility together. Do some uh, calisthenics. Get some of the lactic acid. I can't wait to see the van running around on the tarmac doing. He's fired up, man. <laughs> so yeah, I took I took the. Uh, you you'd love this is uh, as as a line a line guy and, and Kyle is like, I, I might as well be uh, the van's best friend right now. He didn't like me too much before, but this was a game changer. Um, so we're, we did away with traveling uh, with the coaches traveling in coats and ties. So we're all, we're all dressed as one buff family in our, in our, He's you know, so happy with travel. you right now. He doesn't I am too, man. Out. I, I mean, I hate having that knotted time. Like what am I doing? I'm a football coach, man. You know, uh, I want to look. And so we're going in looking, looking like one group together, but the best thing about the travel sweats is that Devan, you know, he can actually do some uh, some deep, you know, air squats. Uh, and he time. might be able to get down there through those hips. Yeah, and, and yeah. not not blow out his, his backseat. So um, I think it's going to be a hell of a deal, man. And I I'm can't wait. Ex- I'm excited, man, to, to just – I my career's been pretty insane. I've been at a lot of places. But, but from that crazy journey that I've had, man, I've learned a lot of things about different ways to prepare a football team to get ready to play a game and – you know, if, if my my poor daughter's moved nine times and she's 12 years old, I might as well use the experiences and the benefits of some of the some of the coaches that I've had a chance to learn from, so, you know, operationally, schedule wise, how we travel and just put put our guys in the best place to go win ball games. So going to Corvallis this Saturday is going to be a huge test, uh, one that I'm sure everybody's eager to go take. Um, let's change gears here a little bit. I know we only got you for about 10 more minutes as I know you're busy getting ready for the Beavers. Uh, recruiting, okay? Let, let's talk about this. State of Colorado, you're now the head coach of the University of Colorado. What's your what's your game plan, you know, because uh, us coaches, we always plan for the long term. And, and brother, I, I truly believe this. Uh, if, if that's the kind of a football team you're going to put out there on a Saturday and you're going to be that energetic, that's exactly – what Buffalo country and Rick George and everybody are looking for. And then I'm, I'm your biggest advocate right now to, to make sure that you stay in the position you're at up there in Boulder. So, you know, there's a lot of talent in the state of Colorado. What's your, uh, what's your plan as the head coach to try and build a wall around the state? Well, you know, I think the one thing, you know, when this, when the season is done and if it, it does go in a direction, no matter what I'm, I'm planning on, you know, I want to, I want to go storm the state. Like, like I think the head coach position itself needs to have boots on the ground in these high schools um, consistently. Um, you know, I think that's a, that's a critical piece. Um, if I, if we have a, a comparable player in Colorado, that's you know, identical, you know, height, weight, skill set to a player from California, then, you know, we, we, we have to take the Colorado player. And, and where I saw this come to fruition was at Boise state, right? Like, why in the world is Boise State, why did they build such a dominant football program? Well, you know, everybody would say they went and recruited California. In my five years playing there, and then, you know, my, my one year as a coordinator there, shoot, some of the best players that we had on our team were guys from the state of Idaho. There's a different level of buy-in. There's a different level of belief True. from the play state that, especially when you are the flagship university for that state. I mean, we are the flagship university in the state. We should no never doubt. take second fiddle to anybody in this state. Um, and then I think the other thing is there, there is a, there's a, a, a legacy of offensive linemen from this state, uh, defensive linemen, edge players, tight ends um, from this state. We have to corner the market with those guys and get on them early. Uh, I think that's critically important. Um, show that we're, we're going to be the first ones there, not be reactionary. I think what happens sometimes, and I was at Stanford, we, we recruited the whole country because the academic standards. Now I was right. recruiting coordinator and and honestly what I did a lot of times is I just waited to see you know kind of what you know what uh what local uh school was going to offer and then all of a sudden I'd go I'd go evaluate the player you know and um you know for us it's like we are the flagship university like our offer um should should be there before somebody else's um so people know how important it is 
but we also, as, as you know, I mean, I'm, I'm big into evaluating players, um, you know, with everything that's been going on in the course of the last, you know, six, seven weeks and certainly the last 10 days, 15 days. Um, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a challenge because you're, you're putting out a lot of fires. You're, 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 you're doing everything to put 150 people in, in the right position to go win a football game, uh, including the staff. Um, but that's a big part for me is like, just, I want to evaluate players. I like going to games. Um, I like to see players. Uh, I think that'll be critical is for us to get out and watch these, um, these playoff games like I, 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 in the state of Colorado. Like I want to yeah. get out there. I want to get out there. Um, so when we start getting deeper into the playoffs, I, I want to make sure that we have boots on the ground at those games. I love it, Coach. That's fantastic. Last question for you here. Uh, the head coach of the University of Colorado, Mike Sanford, joining us here. Uh, what's success? What's a successful season for the rest of the season in your eyes? You know, obviously winning the last seven and going to a bowl game and winning the bowl game would be incredible, finishing eight and five and having that kind of turnaround. But, I mean, realistically, the schedule is, is daunting. You guys have got some good football teams on deck. I know that we walk into every game expecting to win. What is – what's success in your eyes for the rest of this season? Uh, really, success is – and this is how I built this thing with our, with our team is, is our process, our weekly process getting better every single week. Because I truly believe that if your process – is able to continually get better. The results truly will take care of themselves. Um, you know, I, I have, it's pretty crazy that, that you asked this, but I flipped up um, the Pac-12 standings on Sunday. Um, and, and, you know, we were, everybody in, on planet Earth said we're the worst power five football team in, co in college football. Yeah. And I, other people said, we, you know, we might be in the bottom 10 uh, teams in all of college football, including, uh, you know, a group of five schools. One week, okay, one week we went from being the, the worst power five team on paper, whoever says that. Now we're now we're in seventh place in the Pac-12, one week, right? There's 12 teams in the Pac-12, right? And I know it sounds bananas, but those three non-conference losses that happened in the previous season as we they look mean at nothing. it, they mean absolutely nothing. We're one and two in conference play with six opportunities. And um, a chance to get even at 500 and play the rest of the season. And, and, here, and here's what I truly believe. We might not be the best, uh, the most talented. We might not be the most uh, advanced program. We might not even at this point have the greatest collection of NIL um, portal uh, acquired players in our conference. However, we just have to be the better team on that Saturday. And, and if you make it about the process and you're the better team on that Saturday, then we'll continue to see what happens. And so the process has to yield it. That's what success is going to be for us. Is, is that process continues to get better. Um, we don't, you know, even today, you would love this. I was walking around watching guys uh, get activated and stretched. And I was looking around like, hey, guys, we're good. We, we got our one game out of it. We got our one win out on the season. We're good. Like, we don't even need to work hard anymore, man. We're good, right? And uh, and, and I, I got the D-line going pretty good. So, um, you know, but like that, that's what I want them to know that. Like, we didn't show up here to win a game. Like, are you, are you freaking kidding me? Like, we show we're showing up to be better this week when we were last the last week. We can't control everything, but we can control our preparation. We control how much film we watch. We control how hard we go at practice. We control our habits because habits become you know boring habits become trained behavior, and trained behavior becomes instinct. And that's Amen. what we got. we got to continue to enact that behavior here um, over the course of these next six weeks. Well, brother, I know that uh, myself and everybody down to six zero. The entire Dungeon family and the entire state of Colorado is behind you. Can't wait to watch you go play up in Corvallis and watch this team uh, overcome more adversity and, and hopefully come home with a huge win uh, on the road. Uh, Coach Mike Sanford, thank you so much for coming on the show, bro, and taking the time out of your evening uh, to talk to everybody out here in Buffalo country. And uh, go get a W on Saturday, Coach. Thank you, brother. Hey, I really appreciate it. Hey, pre appreciate all you do too, man. You've done, you've done a lot for us already. Um, you have impacted so many players on our team. Um, and, and they, they, they believe in you. We believe in you um, because of what you've done for this university, what you've done. Um, yeah. I know, I know how much this place means to you. That's yeah, where I love it. it comes from. And, uh, and we're really appreciative of you, man. So um, I really appreciate you brother. Have a great, great trip. Be safe and go up there and kick some ass. Yes, sir. Let's go do it, man. Later brother. All right. We'll see you. We'll see you. Chaz. Awesome to have coach Mike Sanford, the head coach of the university of Colorado. Uh, on the show tonight on Savage and Average. 
Boy, Trav, that guy makes me want to run through a fucking wall. I'm over here sweating like a boring church, bro. I'm ready to fucking go. I'm <laughs> telling you that I'm, he's a he's a young, motivated coach that's been through a, a lot of different systems. And he said right, he's, he's moved nine times in 12 years. I, I'm telling you, man, I think he's the guy for the future up in Boulder. And I'm not just saying that because we get along with each other and shit. I, I really think he could be the, the guy to turn this around. The way that the players responded to him, and I, I believe him when he talks about the recruiting. For so many – so, I mean, look, man, you're interwoven into the business of Six Zero Academy. You're the COO down there. You hear and see all the recruiting battles. Do you believe him when he says he can build a wall around the state? Because I do. I, I do. Um, you know, I, I do believe that that he, he can do that. And, you know, the first, the first brick – of building that wall was this past weekend, the energy. I mean, it, it was, you know, the, the things that I was see, seeing and observe, observing was just how the players were attacking the ball, um, but also how he was up and down that sideline. Like oh, he, he was, was sprinting up and down. Yeah, the I mean, like he wasn't with a headset. He wasn't sitting there just zoned in and, you know, just talking to, to the coaches like you see a lot of times. And, and one of the things that he said was uh, that he talked about was that tarback, the tarback stuff. And, and those, those just what people will say are quirky things and whatnot, but there's, those are things that are going to set him aside and going to cause him to have success and going to build that trust within the program. It may Amen. be weird on the outside, but it's, it's something else. There's another coach that does those kind of things. And it's amazing the kind of relationship and bonds that get built to where those guys will go and just go to war for it. For well, if, if you'll sell out for your guys, especially in college, look, there's two different games. There's the NFL game where it's a business and all this hoorah, kumbaya family shit is like, yeah, okay, do your fucking job and let's win a game. And then there's college where that is your family. And regardless of the transfer portal, you're with the same guys pretty much the whole time. And the ones that are supposed to be there stay and build and there's a foundation and you always come home to those guys. And yeah, the, the coaches that are a little like woohoo and weird, well, they, they usually get along with the players a little bit better because good football players are fucking weirdos. I mean, the majority <laughs> of us are kind of a little bit off our rocker. So I, 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 I dig the fact that a, a, a young exuberant head coach can have a man-to-man conversation with me where Man, you've had Carl. We had Carl on the show last year, and it was like no offense to Darrell or anything, but it was like talking to the wall, bro. Like I couldn't get anything out. I couldn't even get the guy to smile. Yeah. So I'm just I'm really excited about the future of Colorado football, and I'm hoping on Saturday that they take the same effort and aggression to Corvallis because one thing I am worried about is letdown from an emotional win like that. I know that's hard for college guys to get up on that level. So, um, what what a great interview. Uh, we'll just wrap the show there and 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 get it going uh, for this week. Uh, the, obviously, the Broncos have been struggling. We'll see how they do against my Jets this weekend. The bus go to Corvallis. CSU hosts Hawaii. Air Force hosts Boise. Uh, and we'll have a bunch of guys from the Dungeon family up at Fort, up in Fort Collins and down in the Springs to watch those games. Uh, and, and playing. And, and playing in that game. Oh, and tons of guys playing in that game, yeah. too. Yeah, Air Force and Boise, there's – Shit, man. I'd say there's at least 10, 12 guys on Air Force's roster. And I'd say, what, there's four, six guys on Boise State's roster. So a ton of Dungeon family playing against each other uh, down in Colorado Springs. Air Force has had a hard time beating Boise State. So that's going to be a huge game for them down there to see if they can win their division this year and actually play in the Mountain West title game. Uh, They're going to need to win it, too, after they dropped one at Wyoming earlier this season. So we'll see how all that goes. Uh, Next week on Savage and Average, we're going to try and do this and see if it works, but we're going to do a little NFL roundtable, and we're going to have Morgan Fox, who's a defensive lineman for the Los Angeles Chargers, Mike Pinnell, uh, King Pinnell, who's a defensive lineman for the Chicago Bears, who play on Monday night, and then Connor McGovern, who is the starting center for the New York Jets, the good guys, Gang Green right here, bitch. Uh, he is going – he'll join us as well on Tuesday after uh, the big Jet Bronco game at uh, – uh, sports authority or what, what do they call that place now in power in power field, in power field, um, unlimited field. Uh, it's unlimited. It's Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Unlimited. Field. So, <laughs> God, man, I'll tell you. 
Uh, just full circle back to Russell Wilson here. That that guy's really pissing me off. Okay, two hundred fifty million fucking bucks, and that's the video that we get. Did uh, you watch the video, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it, I did, bro. Like, okay, just remove the fact that that's Russell Wilson, and tell me the person making that video is not fucking nuts. Hey guys, uh, Russell here. Yes, the typical boring. Yes, Russell, the robot Russell, the one you guys love to know. A real, real exciting. You know, I'm real excited. Um, but anyways, uh, everybody has to have an alter ego, right? And, and I've been thinking about what my alter ego would be, and I, I, I think I have an alter ego. His name, his name's Mister, Mister, Mister Unlimited. Yeah, you got to be unlimited. You know, you got to have a thought process of being unlimited. So when people ask you, you know, what you're thinking about or what you want to do in life or where you want to go, you got to be unlimited. Tell them I'm unlimited. You know what I mean? So when they ask you certain questions like, Who brings you motivation, Russell? Mister Unlimited. Unlimited. Who is your go-to person for advice, Russell? They think Pete Carroll. They think this person. Think that person. Love you, Pete. But it's Mister Unlimited. Tell him. Like it's concerning, bro. Like yeah. the, everybody's got an alter ego, and it, my alter ego is Mister Unlimited. <laughs> like, dude, you sound like a mental patient. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. It sounds it, like we should send him to one of these cuckoo houses and be like, okay. It, it, you remember that movie with Bruce Willis where he thought he was a superhero and Samuel L. Jackson was a superhero, but they were like the two most dysfunctional superheroes ever that wouldn't <laughs> use their powers. That like Russell Wilson should be with those three. Like it should be Bruce, Samuel, Russell, and then McAvoy. McAvoy was the guy with like 10, 12 personalities, right? Yeah. And then Mr. Unlimited should be there too. And they should all be sitting there talking about how they're superheroes. And then the doctor should be like, Okay, Russell, that's you're a superhero. And then it goes to that box for like crazy and check. <laughs> so look, man, I know that $250 million can buy you nice cars and nice houses. And, you know, I, I know you got Sierra on your shoulder and everything's grand at the Russell House, Wilson household, but it's not the Denver Wilsons. It is the Denver Broncos. And until Russell Wilson decides to honor the fact that he is playing for the Denver Broncos, uh, and a, a franchise where he's not the best player at his position, not even close. In Seattle, he's their all-time great quarterback, and he's revered, and they love him, although they did want to get rid of his ass really fast. In Denver, he's a, he's a far third, and it's not close. And he's going to have to do a ton to climb that mountain. If he wants to get on the Mount Rushmore Broncos, he's got to do more than guys named Manny and Elway. And in my opinion, those are two of the top five quarterbacks that have ever played, and seven is God at that position. So, look, Russell, you are the quarterback for the Denver Broncos, not the quarterback for the Denver Wilsons. Please wake up and start playing to your uh, potential. So that is episode whatever the fuck it was, don't remember, uh, <laughs> of Savage and Average. That is Travis Jones. I am Matt McChesney. Thank you so much to Coach Mike Sanford for coming to join us on the show. Uh, and hopefully the bus can go get a huge win at Corvallis. That's a wrap. Thank you.